You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. At the bottom of the hour, Ron McLean, Hockey Night in Canada host, obviously of Sportsnet. Night one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The marathon begins tonight. We'll have the Oilers and Kings game one for you right here on Sportsnet 960. Gets going around 8.20 p.m. Much to the dismay of one Matty Rose who likes to go to bed early. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know stay what I'm going to do, George. Probably stay, stay up. up and watch like quadruple overtime. Stay up and pray for no OT. Get a good yep. nap in. Um, you I know think- what? I did sleep a lot yesterday. Believe it or not, I slept for seven and a half hours. <laughs> no, not okay, any more so. than usual. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. I like this time. Like, obviously, you do a couple of quiet or kind of sleepier shows over the course of the postseason because you stay How up, you watch you. little OT. Yep. But I don't mind doing a sleepy show. I find they usually go off the rails. They're fun to do. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my goodness, it's 9 o'clock. Holy smokes. What did we do today? Yeah, that's that's something, especially with the three on three in the shootout. You're like, okay, I'm only invested in this game another 15 minutes. Nope, uh, you could be strapping in for the long term on some yeah, of these games. Yeah, is there anything worse not- when it, it the first overtime ends and you're like, gosh, 18 minutes until this thing could possibly done, and and it's already midnight. Yep, and you gotta wait for the scrape and. Like just make them skate forever. Just no, no breaks. Just make them go forever. You. Yeah. If First it's an eight o'clock problems. start, just let them go forever. No problem. Yeah. No rest. There you go. It's dirty yeah. ice. Let it happen. It's fine. Yeah. It's gonna don't be, worry about it. Even if it, if it's regulation, it's done around midnight. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Exactly. No problem. Whatever. Okay. Just give me the commissioner's job, and I can do it. No problem. Uh, Ron McLean, a host on Sportsnet, Hockey Night Canada, joining us at the bottom of the hour. Peter Labardius, Flames Color Analyst for Sportsnet. At the top of the next hour, we'll get a life lesson from Lou. Uh, we're also giving away uh, tickets to the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival, which goes down at the end of August at the Prince's Island Park right here in beautiful Calgary. We're asking you a 960-960 name and location. Give us a bold playoff prediction and the why. We'll do Texty McTexterson at around 8.30. We'll do that. We'll give away some tickets. Also, got a poll question up at George Russick and Matt Rose YYC at Sportsnet 960. Um, this one's getting a lot of traction. Um, over 500 votes now since posting it last night, Maddie. Mm. If you had to choose, and you must choose, <laughs> which team would you want to win the Stanley Cup, Oilers or Leafs? 70.9% know your audience, George. Wants the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Doesn't surprise me. And you know what? I bet those thirty percent of our listeners just north of the town. <laughs> yep. That's just the way so, it goes, man. Anything? Someone texted in in Calgary. It's Abe. Always Abe. Anything but Edmonton. Yep. Like you were going ABC on the draft lottery earlier this year. Same yep. deal. Even at the World Cup. But anyway, we don't have to go down that road. Wait, but what? Um, anybody but Croatia. But anyway, um, we. Oh no 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 no! I we're, we're not going to get into that. Oh, we're not going to get. We're not going to get into hundreds I of years of uh, unrest. Oh. So, um, 
you don't think there's even okay. I, I I don't believe this anyway, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, okay, go ahead. You don't even think there's a tiny percentage of, like, even Flames fans because of the greatness of Connor McDavid, not because of the city in Edmonton, not because, but just because of him and what he means to the game and how he plays the game is such a joy that not even, like, maybe 2% okay. of Flames fans would be like, well, at least he won the cup. No. Okay. No. Like, like, not even two out of a hundred no. would admit that and to you freely? As much as Connor's just a swell guy, I'm sure. No, because okay. Oilers fans would never let worst. us live it down. I wasn't going to yeah. say it. Your words, I might agree. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be terrible. That would be you awful. You know what? Like, what do you have if thing you're a Flames ever. fan? Honestly, what 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 can you come back with if an Oilers fan is just crushing you right now? Like, like, what can you come back with? I don't live in literal purgatory. Okay, but outside of living in a, the, uh, a perpetual city of um, industrial parks, what like what else do you got? Nothing. Nothing. Look, the Elks suck. Like, who cares? <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's like, why, George. That's why this is important that they don't win. This, yeah. <laughs> this is a very big deal. I know. No, I know. Ugh. And then how many Flames torture themselves oh. going on social media, too? Oh, yeah. You oh, can't do I, that. All my friends, one of their favorite activities, just fight with Oilers fans online. And this is this is a bad time to be them. They're down bad right now, George, because you can't win a lot of arguments. That's what I mean. Like what? What's the argument? <laughs> like I know, I know you can always come back with at least I don't live in Edmonton. Yeah, like there's that. But outside of that, you got nothing. That's literally it. And what happens if the Oilers fan lives in Calgary? Then what do you have? Literally nothing. All I don't right. know. I don't know what we're gonna do, George. I don't okay. Know. Um. Hope for the best. Locker cleanout day uh-huh. uh, happened. On uh, Friday, down at the dome, we and still this... haven't heard from the general manager or the coach yet. Yeah, um, very interested because who knows uh, what the future holds for both of those gentlemen. Um, but there's two things I kind of want to play that I found very fascinating. Well, three things, but we kind of touched on it at the Rose Report earlier. Mackenzie Weger saying how, yeah, um, we need a new barn here, which is no question they absolutely do. But what Michael Backlund and Elias Lindholm said about their futures, long-term futures here in Calgary. Uh, Alex, do we got it? Can we play the Backlund clip first? We'll see what happens. I mean, I've been here for a long time, and I love Calgary. I love this organization. Um, the way year we've had, uh, I'm 34 years old. Uh, I want to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, I don't know this summer um, what's going to happen. Um if they even if they even if they offer us anything or me, um, uh, you know, I might want to see what this group can do before I make a decision. Now, obviously, there's there's a history with the trade request that was rescinded mm-hmm. when it comes to him. Mm-hmm. Um, has and this is so hot takey, so radio. Has Michael Backlund played his last game with the Calgary Flames? I don't think so. I I don't think so. Be- Here, okay. Let me let me re- let me re- let me uh, rephrase it. Yeah. Question. Okay. Has Michael Backlund played his last playoff game with the Calgary Flames? Yes. Probably. Okay. I'm gonna say probably. Maybe. Okay. Here's the thing. Like for me, like you heard in the clip, I've been here for a long time. 
34 yep. years old now. He's got what? everything to the organization. Well, he's got what? One more contract left on the table? One more big contract than maybe a league min one at the end of that? Like what? A three-year deal I could see him getting right now. Two-year deal for sure. Like you got one yeah, more but what's deal. what's big? Got, well, it doesn't, that, that, that's not really the point I'm trying to make. You, you've okay. got one more like legit contract that you're going to sign after this one, right? Mm-hmm. You want to win before you're done. So the biggest thing here, and I think this is going to be like whether there's big change here in the offseason or not, how this team starts the next year is going to be humongous because I think it's going to tell a lot of people that on the team, fans, you name it, what the actual direction of this team is. Because this year, there was it, it was a muddy middle type of year. The direction was maybe shrouded in mystery more so than we thought it was at the start of the year. And I just think that a guy like Michael Backlund, I, I, I would not hold it against him if this team starts I mean. to go in the opposite direction and he says, I actually want a chance to win the darn thing. Because I think that he's a player that without a doubt on a contender team, could help them win. Oh, man, yeah. In a middle six role? Are you kidding yes. me? The guy eating, yeah. eating up 15 minutes with a little bit of scoring touch, and his best hockey that arguably we've ever seen him play as a flame has come in the last calendar year. Last what, year's what, postseason and this yep. year's regular season. What have I said? Best third-line center in the NHL? You know what? I, I'm right there with you. He's certainly top five. You know, it, different third lines over the course of the year, but like, as far as you look at this, and, and I would also argue as the year went on, this guy became the second line center on this team more so than Nazi sure. Kadri. But but for the sake of the argument, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a uh, doubt. Yeah. On paper. Number one penalty uh number one penalty kill. And not only that, he basically turns you into a power kill. And he'll help out on your second power play unit as a deaf guy that can help out anywhere. Or he'll just penalty kill and be your middle like he's a guy that could fill in on a second power play unit if you needed him to. Or Where's he'll go out, he'll take the draw. Yeah, exactly. He's a good guy in the face-off circle. Yep. This is a guy that I think underrated around the league just being in, in a market yep. like Calgary. I got really distracted for a split second when you were talking about Michael Backlund. Got a text, Edmonton's the place happiness goes to die. Oh. And I thought really... <laughs> Purgatory. Told what you. happened to happiness? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, it passed away and went to Edmonton. Went to Edmonton. It was a very tragic yeah, passing very of happiness sad. in Edmonton. Yeah. Pour one out um, for him. Like I... Uh, he's got one year left, right? Yep. On his deal? 5.35, and he has a... Yeah, ten team trade list as well. Modified uh, no trade. Sure, I'm sure that he could be swayed if ultimately was going to a Stanley Cup contender. But like I, the Flames would have to have a really good season for him potentially to want to stick around because I don't know what that looks like when it comes to Michael Backlund. If this team is in a firmly in a playoff spot next spring, mm-hmm. like he's even like, okay, I'm going to ride this out one more time with the Calgary Flames and I'll walk into unrestricted free agency. Because I don't see a scenario where Michael Backlund's going to re-up with the team here. And I know he, he alluded to it there that, yeah, they, they haven't come back with us with the contract, but why would he? That yeah. kind of wait-and-see approach. Who's my coach? What's this team looking like? Yep. Do you, do you really see Michael Backlund signing an extension? Because I don't. Not this summer. Yeah, um, I, I don't. Definitely not this summer, no. I, I feel like if anything gets done, he is something that's maybe late in season next year or even after the year gets done prior to free agency opening up. 
But uh, that would I I think you'd have to have a really really strong year to yeah. get to that point. And and honestly, like I don't blame the guy. I would no. I would love if he stayed aflame for the rest of his life because he's been aflame for almost my entire formative life. Like yes. that that's pretty sweet. Uh, and any time, like any franchise, you look around. It's it's so hard for a guy to do or play your entire career in one spot, especially when it's a career as long as Michael Backlund's. Like he's thirty four yes. years old already. He's essentially played since he was out of junior. So, yep. man, I I wouldn't blame the guy for trying to go somewhere else and wanting to do something new and and you know playing in a in a different building, something newer probably. Um, well, definitely. But that would that would be you know. That's a guy that I would cheer for wherever he goes. Sure. Even Edmonton, um, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I think we're both on the same page on this. I think definitely even what he said, this is a very wait-and-see yeah. uh, approach for Michael Backlund. Like, again, I would be stunned if he signed an extension with the Calgary Flames this summer. Okay, uh, we went from Michael Backlund to the most important piece of business for the Flames this offseason, Elias Lindholm. Here's what Lindy had to say at Locker Cleanout Day on Friday. We'll see what happens. I mean, I got one more year, and and you know, kind of look uh, look at at it that way, and and uh, you know, um, you know, got one more year, and and that's all I can say. Wolf, uh, that is not encouraging. Wolf, no. yeah, that's um, um it, that's a tough one. It's essentially right away you're getting the, a lot of PTSD with Johnny and uh, Kachuk leaving here. Um, that's tough. Because unlike Backlund, you have to sign Elias Lindholm this summer. It's such an interesting kind of time for Elias to be here because I always thought it was interesting the way that you know Johnny and, and Matthew and Lindholm's contracts all went year by year by year. Like Johnny has expired ahead of this season, Matthews expires after this season, but he has an extension incoming, and then you have Lindholm after next year, and the way that his two partners in crime have both left the team and have had basically opposite seasons. Like as much as Johnny's had individual success, it's nothing like he had last year and the team's at the bottom of the NHL. And then there's Matthew who's down in Florida living his best life. He's at over a hundred points. His team just squeaks into the playoffs, but they get in. But he's in the Hart trophy conversation. And he's in the Hart trophy conversation and he's in a different area. Like, and, and I would also argue Johnny is probably enjoying Columbus. Like there was one thing that you can say, like that building usually has a lot of fans in it, and I I wouldn't be shocked if he's kind of enjoying not being in the spotlight so much, just kind of understanding Johnny Goodrow's personality from a very far distance away. That being said, I think Lindholm right now looks at what just happened this past year, which has probably been one of the most trying, if not the most trying year in his professional career, and says, do I want to keep doing this from now until forever, or do I want to go try something else? Now, this is a guy who also has the unique kind of little caveat here of not being a full-time flame. Like, he started his career in Carolina. He knows what it's like to play in an American market, in a different city, all of these types of things. So I don't blame him for kind of having that in the back of his mind and going, man, this year wasn't fun. We weren't very good. Do I really want to resign and do this over again? Because I might be just the one guy that ends up here, too. It would be me, Nas, Jonathan Huberdeau, and a whole bunch of young players trying to figure it out. Do I want to go somewhere else and try and be a winner, a champion as well? But once again, it goes back to what is the direction of this team going to be? 
I I know I asked the question to Frank when we were at the uh, hospital for home lottery uh, show home on Thursday. That get your tickets Elias now. Lindholm going fifty fifties go way the up season? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, can he go out uh, into the season without an extension? He says, sure. Why not? Do you really want to play that game for the Calgary Flames? You don't want to, but because you you can't you can't let that asset walk out for free again. But I think it's different because why is it different? Because I don't think they're going to be as good next year as they were the year that Johnny was here. And that tied their hands. They couldn't trade Johnny Gaudreau at the trade deadline. Okay. I, f- I, listen, I still I, think you can trade Lindholm at the trade deadline. This is a guy who's going to have a $4.5 million cap hit. Yes. You retain half of that at the deadline. What team isn't going to want that guy at less okay. than $3 million for their playoff push? Yeah, yeah. You're making uh, all these points you're, you're, you're talking about make a ton of sense. But here's the issue. Much like Johnny Goudreau and the team was, you know, in first place and they were never trading him because the team had Stanley Cup aspirations. If this team's firmly in a playoff spot, and I know we still haven't washed the stink away from this season, but losing that many one-goal games and 17 times in an overtime or shootout, that could absolutely flip the other way. And guys can snap back into being who they are, namely Kadri and Huberto. And this team potentially could be firmly in a playoff spot come the trade deadline. Then you're going to trade your number one center. That's going to happen here. Then you got to try and sign him again. But like <laughs> that's Maddie game. One of the season to me is the deadline for that guy. Got to have him signed. Can't take that risk. You can't, you cannot take that risk. Cause what is that going to look like to this fan base? If he's not signed and the team is in a playoff spot, and you definitely want him for the playoff run, and then you're going to trade him at the deadline, that's not going to happen. And then you're going to desperately try to sign him in the offseason, and then he can just test free agency and go wherever he wants? Yeah. Game one no, of the season I, Trust me, the I've seen the story. I know how it plays out. But, yeah, I, you can throw a deadline on it as much as you want, but I think that if you throw a deadline on that, then you basically have to trade the guy. Because... Everything that I just heard does not tell me that this is a guy who's open to signing an extension within the season or within the offseason. Unless this team changes its approach and we get a firm idea like, hey, we got a new coach in. He's right up Lindholm's alley. This is a guy that he can get along with. The general manager's still here. All that type of stuff. Then sure. But if this team doesn't go through changes like that, if they keep the coach, they get a different general manager, then I think he's going. And then... All right, if you don't have him signed, then do you just have to trade him all season? Is there a team that's going to trade for him at the start of the year? I don't know about that. Are they going to wait until the deadline, until they've got more cap space available, building up some dailies? Maybe. This is a July move then. <laughs> like, it could be. As, yeah. like I, that's the time to do it. Teams would like to see can, him at the draft, sure. You can give him an extension, and then you could do it in July. But then again, and it goes back to what we were just talking about too, like what if this team is good and you've got players who you signed? So, oh man, right. like this team is in, a, it, it, they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Okay. Let me just say this because we got to get to Ron McLean and we'll talk to Peter Labardius about this at the top of the next hour. Um, the Flames aren't in a position with prospects that they can let an asset like that walk again for free. They're not. Like, you you mean they don't have enough blue-chip type of guys that are ready to come exactly. out and play? Yeah. Yeah. And he'd be able yeah. to get you, a, like, you'd be able to get a ridiculous impact, group back Impact pieces. Yes. That's why, like, yes. I don't know. 
I still right, got to run. You, well, you can trade this guy in the season. We got to run. Got to, but well, I, I never said in season. I said summer. But what this is what we'll talk to Lou about straight ahead at eight o'clock. Ron McLean, Hockey Night in Canada, straight ahead. We'll talk to him about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I want to get Ron's take too on which series he's looking forward to mm. the most. Uh, we'll do that next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan at the top of the hour, Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst for Sportsnet. Get his take on the Elias Lindholm conversation we just had and obviously touch on Michael Backlund and all the locker cleanout for the Calgary Flames on Friday. We're also still taking your text messages at 960-960, name and location, your chance to win uh, the tickets to the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. Nick Offerman is the headliner. Give us your Stanley Cup playoff bold prediction and the why. But joining us on the line right now in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Ron McLean from Hockey Night Canada and Sportsnet. Ron, good morning. How are you? Good morning, George and Matt. I want to know what Elias Lindholm said, so tell me. Yeah, um, he's uh, he was a little dodgy, Ron, about uh, potentially signing long-term in Calgary. He does have one year left on his deal and pretty much said, uh, we'll see how things happen, and I don't have to tell you. Uh, right. There's still a little uh, PTSD when it comes to uh, the Johnny Goudreau situation here in Calgary and that um, he's a guy that there's a ton of value around the league. He doesn't make too much money right now. There's a lot of nervous uh, Calgary Flames fans, Ron, when it comes to the future of Elias Lindholm. Yeah, and I, I saw Backlund also comment much the same way, and obviously Milan Lucic. So it's a, it's a dynamic for Brad for a living, assuming Brad's safe, and I do feel like he's safe. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, and, and we all know what it is. It just seems to be uh, uh, a setup where Daryl and uh, some of the key leaders of the team, uh, it's not a mutiny, I would say, but it's close to it. And uh, that's, you know, somehow, I don't know how they work through that, but I would love them to be able to work through it because I'm a huge, uh, you know, Daryl, he, he is the Scotty Bowman, Mike Keenan era of uh, bench management, game management, uh, allotting ice times, and he's he can be funny, but he can also be uh, extremely cruel uh, with his cutting humor. Uh, so th- that's the challenge they face, and uh, and I don't know how they rectify that. I really don't. Uh, it would be you know a, a real challenge for for them to. But but you know when you do come through something like that, like honest to God, I go back to. Uh, I think about both Pittsburgh and Calgary at the start of the year out of the gate 6-0, and and both of them got their comeuppance because of Connor McDavid's year. He he got Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh threw 20 minutes up in Edmonton, looked like they were going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Oilers rallied, and that was that. And same with Calgary, right? They uh, they were up in game 2-1 to one to Edmonton, six games into the season, undefeated. And then McDavid came off the bench like a rabbit, recognized that Markstrom wasn't going to be able to get the hard rim and beat Markstrom with a, a kind of a simple... Uh, shot from the boards and and it's crazy how those pinprick moments happen at the start of a year and and you can look back and and that more than anything McDavid and the Oilers is what I blame this whole situation on and and yet it all festers inside of uh, our heads as if it's a, a clash of personality. Um, Ron, I wanted to ask you real quick on Daryl Sutter and as you mentioned that kind of hard nose approach behind the bench. Uh, can that work in today's NHL with today's player? 
Well, you know, it's funny because John Cooper benched uh, his three key stars uh, late, and they're they're fumbling along right now. But let's see what happens when they begin tomorrow night against Toronto. Uh, you know, I, I, the answer should be no, it shouldn't work anymore. I think, you know, uh, in, in an era of enlightenment, uh, especially with respect to mental health issues, you know, it's been amazing to watch the honesty of players and in interviews in the last year. I've really... Uh, you know, Markstrom got a lot of heat for saying I suck at hockey right now, but I was grateful to see it. I watched Marie-Philippe Poulin ahead of the game last night, and I know Canada lost. But uh, she was interviewed pregame, and the first question was, you know, uh, I hate to break it to you, but you're considered kind of clutch in situations like this, which was a, a funny way of saying you always score in big games, and of course she did. But but her response to the question was kind of a, a sigh and a deep breath. And even earlier when she was interviewed by Cheryl Pounder, Marie-Philippe talked about vulnerability. And I think you're seeing it. John Schneider gave Hazel May an incredible interview ahead of the Jays' home opener, uh, talking about how he, if he had to do it again, he wouldn't have pulled Kevin Gosman in the sixth inning of a key game last year in the playoffs. Um, I, I just feel like everybody's in a much more honest place, uh, much more vulnerable place is the key word. Uh, and I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe. But, you know, Daryl cuts two ways with Daryl. I've seen him be so great uh, that I hate to you know, accuse him of being just a, a warmonger or a taskmaster. Uh, but, he, but he definitely, you know, his version of, uh, of the toughness required and the, and the courage required uh, seems to, maybe it's as simple as, you know, them deciding to check out on Kachuk and uh, Goudreau and call them a good regular season line. That, 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 is a, that was such a hurtful thing to say. And I saw Keenan do it to Gretzky when he was coaching in St. Louis, uh, you know, I've certainly seen uh, a lot of coaches uh, just go too far. And, and, and then I say to myself, but God, we're, we're in a very tough business. Who doesn't go too far? Who doesn't lose their class uh, mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment? So that, that's the one thing, I, I, again, I, I sort of mitigate any of my finger pointing. Because, I, 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 you know, I went into hometown hockey in Lacombe one time, uh, a two-hour sleep. It was a Super Bowl Sunday, and I was just on fumes, and we had to start the show. And the only saving grace was there was a, a Lacombe Generals Innisfail Eagles uh, Central Senior Hockey game going on. And Daryl Sutter pulled out the program, and he pointed to every name on the program and talked about their families and anywhere from Wainwright to Dewberry. Um, and I just thought, you know, I remember how he used to get up for his mom, Grace, and uh, he's the first guy up at the Sutter household in Viking and would clean uh, everything up in the kitchen and get everything ready, use the bathroom first, and just a great guy for his mom and dad to kind of keep that family together. So there's that side of Daryl, too. Do you think sometimes his ego is his worst enemy, Ron? His ego? Yes. It's a great question. It's a great question because I think what always gets us all into trouble is for sure ego. So that's a hell of a point. And, and when, you, when you use, uh, you know, sport is war uh that that's really kind of a reflection on ego uh you know but so i mean but who again it, it the, the balance between confidence uh and ego is such a hard uh one to balance uh so i i, I think you know he he was a captain at what uh 20 something they had a team with doug wilson you know i know glenn sharpley is a guy i know here in southern ontario who just adores Daryl from their playing days in Chicago. The, the Hawks chose him to lead them. Uh, they could have had Doug Wilson. They could have had uh, Tom Lysia. Could have had a lot of great players be the captain, but they picked him. And uh, you know, there there will be guys who who have gone through the wall for Daryl. Obviously, with those Stanley Cups and uh, the 2004 run. And there are guys who like Bowman and some of these others that uh, seem to be a little uh, terse. 
uh, you know, who hate him. Um, but is it ego or is it uh, is it tough love? And, and I, I again, I think we're moving in 2023 towards understanding all of these things. But to say that we've got to just uh, and know that there's, you know, it, it looks like for, for the time being, it looks like uh, Jay Woodcroft who would come in with maybe a softer touch. But he's got Dave Manson on that bench uh, and, and hmm. he's got McDavid. So, you know, there's. I just find it a real conundrum, this one. I think I think when you change the, the mix like they did, this is the risk you run. But as I said, I point more to Edmonton steamrolling through the West and maybe, you know, be, be careful that you, you don't judge everything going on in the Calgary dressing room uh, against what Edmonton suddenly has been doing. And, and that just cuts you off at the knees. I, I hate to say it, but that loss in the playoffs a year ago uh, with Goudreau and Kachuk and with Markstrom struggling mightily, that that was the beginning of a real tough, uh, you know, comeuppance, and it's all because of Edmonton. Ron, there was some, uh, there, there's been some crying about the way the playoff structure is set up, and personally, I like the way it's laid out. We're going to get a, a nice Pacific Division rematch. We get the Atlantic Division rematch. I think every division's two and three seeds are going to be really great series. What do you think about the the current format and how it's led us to what we're going to uh, enjoy for the series this uh, summer? Yeah, I, I'm good either way. Honestly, I, I think, you know, like David Adams Richards is a writer from uh, Miramichi, New Brunswick, wrote a great book called Hockey Dreams, and he's gone on to be a senator here in Canada. Uh, funny guy, you know, and I remember asking him coming out of the 2006 Brendan Shanahan Summit when they overhauled the game and they called everything that moved. Uh, I says, what do you think of the new crackdown on obstruction? He says, oh, Ron, whatever they do to the game, we just get used to it. So whatever format, I will say I would love a a play-in round of two teams, you know, additionally getting a shot. That's the only thing with 32 teams. Hmm. I would love to see uh, that excitement of a a wild card like baseball has. But but for me, you know, the format, uh, I I loved one versus 16. Who doesn't remember uh, Edmonton kind of getting a sniff against Philadelphia 40 years ago? But I... I think whatever we have, uh, we just get used to it. And, and I agree with you. There's going to be some excellent playoffs this year. Ron McLean, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest. Hotline Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Ron, how do you feel personally when it's night one of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Obviously, it's a marathon. Uh, it's a couple-month tournament. Games can go really late into the evening based on some overtimes. How do you approach game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Do you have a routine? Do you have a ritual? Do you still get the butterflies? Oh, for sure. You, you have uh, excitement. Uh, you, you realize uh, that there's such a temptation. To, this is ego. <laughs> such a temptation to force yourself into the uh, equation, and you know you needn't. Uh, it's like the Olympics. You just put a camera on the Olympic Games, and they'll tell a story that you know, you'll never surpass. Uh, so that's you know the biggest uh, tips to myself are always to sort of try to uh, – uh, back off a little bit. Um, uh, there's there's so many times when you you want to put a little sticker on your microphone and just say stop talking, uh, but you're excited and you and you've you know done your research and you've got stories and um, you know again that's that's all the balance that we try to strike in life is is what is too much. Uh, you try to remember it's nine weeks, basically 63 nights of saying this is a big game. Uh, so you're always searching for, you know, muses and different ways to reframe that same statement. Um, and sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it horribly wrong. And so you kind of brace yourself for the the Twitter storms and the apologies and the high points and the great interviews. And you, you just kind of know it's going to 
ebb and flow, and it's a lot like a biorhythm. So just be patient and, uh, you know, go on as you must uh, without ego if you can. One of the keys to the Stanley Cup postseason is the overtime that has the potential to last forever. How do you look at overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs when you're hanging out with the panel and trying to get everything ready, but at the same time you're maybe trying to watch other games that have now started? Like, How does overtime yes. work when you guys are in the studio? Well, it can be really daunting to have a goal go in with two seconds remaining in the third period, and now you've got an intermission, and you yeah. thought you were going home, <laughs> right? So. That, that's when, especially by the second round uh, or the third round, when you've kind of settled into not complacency, yeah. uh, but you're less on the bit uh, and you really got to watch. Concentration is everything. I know when I refereed my third game in a week, the third period of the third game, I inevitably screwed up. Uh, arm was in the air a little too quick or, or it wasn't in the air because I was daydreaming. Um, and it, that, that is just so important to have your uh, focus. Uh, you know, you need to be rested. So it's funny. We have, uh, I'll do the first two nights and DA David Amber will come in and anchor the next. Uh, so we get some breaks and that's probably the best thing. Although I loved, I loved the version of us when David and uh, Elliot were say on one desk and we had Kelly and yeah. Kevin and maybe Jen on, you know, I liked the, the more the merrier. You're so limited in time. So it's probably not the, the wisest thing to have too many voices, but I did think we picked each other up in that little setup uh, in a good way. But, you just got to be rested and you just got to be committed to concentrating on uh, overtime, you know, because as a game goes on and as, as the playoffs go on, you know, you're heading towards your Super Bowl. Uh, The the overtimes and the uh, final round is where you kind of uh, make it so that the viewer really misses you when the season ends. (laughs) So, you know, that that's, you want to be of service and you, you want to really realize that it's, uh, it's important to be, uh, there for the for the majors, let's say it was golf. One of the, I think one of the things I look forward to every postseason is just who who we're going to get on from the eliminated teams is going to join the broadcast. And Derek Lalonde, former Tampa Bay Lightning right. coach and, and Derek Detroit Red Wings head coach, is going to be joining you. Can you just uh, maybe tell us a little bit about what you know about Derek and what you're looking forward to what he'll bring to uh, these broadcasts on Sportsnet? Yeah, he's from Upper State, New York, so he was schooled a little bit in the traditions of Hockey Night in Canada on TV, so he's excited to do it. I was surprised because Steve Eiserman is kind of a cone of silence guy, so yeah. it's brave of Derek to you know acquiesce to come on and then feel the wrath of Eiserman. What are you talking about? Don't be telling them that. Uh, but he's, he's a goaltender. He played a little bit of college hockey in Upper State, New York. And then uh, he kind of has followed, uh, there's, there's a Cliff Fletcher connection. Uh, Chuck hired him in Minnesota, so Cliff's son gave him his first big pro break. Uh, but he he, play, he coached rather in Green Bay, same as John Cooper. Obviously for four years he was on their staff. He was in charge of the penalty kill, and that's the reason the Leafs bowed out last year. They could not, after having the number one power play in the regular season, couldn't score. They went four for 28 and that killed them against 0 for 3 in Game 7 against the Lightning. So he's got that. Uh, he's got a great understanding of, back to your our whole conversation about Daryl, he's got a good understanding of John Cooper's hard on the players. He maintains the right way. And so I'll try to get at that. What is the right way to be hard on players? Um, he's very good on, uh, you know, formations, defensive uh, alignment, penalty killing. Um, he, he, he's a good game management guy. Uh, he His team's in Detroit this year were flying along until the trade deadline. They lost two in a row to Ottawa just ahead of the deadline, and then they blew it up. But uh, he quipped in his uh, exit interview with the media that uh, 
up until that point, he was plotting how to spend his coach of the year bonus money. So he's got a, he's got a wry sense of humor and uh, he will be, uh, you know, a real good uh, source for us on this uh, lightning series in particular. One of my favorite clips of him from the entire season was the one clip of him going, then what is goaltender interference in one of those games? You're going to have to make sure we get uh, an answer on what he thinks goaltender interference is. Yeah, that's good because he was ejected, right? And uh, yes, that uh, that came right after uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, not yes. Dan Quinn, uh, David Quinn. David Quinn. Thank you. Uh, that's a Calgary uh, for yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he he he's he's going to be a great uh, you know get. And Brian Burke's obviously available, so I'm sure Burke will show up in the course of our playoff run now. So, uh, but that's for me too. Uh, one of the things is to have those expert analysts come in and uh, give you you know, right close to the game. That's what's been so great about BX, of course. Kevin is just fresh off the ice from dealing with Jack Eichel, who makes his first playoff appearance. And it was always amazing to us that uh, Kevin said the hardest guy for him to defend was Jack Eichel. So when you get these guys that are fresh in the mix, it's a it's a bonus. Ron, who do you think, which team has the most pressure on them heading into this tournament? Is it the Oilers with McDavid to finally win a championship with the best player on the planet? Is it the Maple Leafs to finally get over that 18-year just monkey on the back, never winning a playoff series hurdle? Or is it the Boston Bruins? You have such an incredible regular season, historic regular season. Now it's maybe time to cash that in with the Stanley Cup championship and what could be Bergeron and Krejci's last kick at the can here. I think they're in a position where, you know, they've they've won a cup at least in the last decade. Uh, well, actually, it's not a decade now, but you know, they they have been successful. They were to the final in 2019, 2013, won the cup in 2011, and it's it's. I think what we all expected for them was they were kind of at the end of the the rope. You know, they they've done such a great job. Uh, we didn't foresee 135 points and 65 wins. Uh, but there they are, you know, at least they can hang their hat on that. If, if for some reason they, they end up uh, enduring the President's Trophy curse, where only eight teams since the inception of the award in 85 have gone on to win the Cup, they can relax a little bit about it. They'll be unhappy. And I always remember, uh, you know, with Patrice Bergeron, who we, whose status is very unclear right now, um, you know, he hates to lose. And that was his greatest. Uh, John Weisbrod went over and he was assistant GM in Vancouver. And I remember talking to him at All-Star one time and he said, Bergeron would physically get sick if they lost four in a row in Boston. So he'll take it hard and they'll take it hard. But the pressure is squarely on Toronto. That That is, you know, to get into the playoffs seven years in a row and not get out of the first round, to have a core four and some of the talent they've brought in, to have this uh, now with Pittsburgh shakeup and this rumor of Dubas going there, uh, I, you know, I think this is a probably, uh, you know, there'll be changes, major changes if the Leafs uh, mess up this time. Uh, so they've got pressure. Oilers, honestly, as I said to you, I, I think they're they're going to run the uh, table. I, I, I'd be shocked if they lose. But, uh, you know, St- Stewart and Kelly Rudy will tell us this on Hockey Night in Canada. Stewart's got good playoff pedigree at the junior and minor pro level. Uh, it's not like he doesn't know how to play in a big game. And Jack Campbell has won a world junior. Uh, so th- that that's the only slight question mark with the Edmonton Oilers. But beyond that, uh, good luck to, you know. They're, they're going to face a tough first opponent, though. That's If they're going to get caught, it will be the Los Angeles Kings. So there there is some pressure on them and I think a little more on Toronto. Um, 
Ron, does that just speak to how beaten down Maple Leaf fans are? Is a one-series win against the Tampa Bay Lightning good enough for that fan no. base? Because they would have to, <clears throat> we would think we'd have to play the Boston Bruins in the second round because I, I think all of us would right. be absolutely stunned if the Panthers uh, dispose of the Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. But is that good enough for a team that, as you mentioned, this core four, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, is that good enough for a team that has legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations just winning one round in the Stanley Cup playoffs? No, it isn't because uh, look at Calgary. You know, they, they won their round and then, uh, you know, five games was extremely upsetting and changes came. Uh, so <clears throat> I don't think it's enough uh, for them to just win that first round. I think everybody would point to Tampa as having, you know, gone over the hill uh, and they won't cut them uh, a whole lot of slack until they see uh, – you know, it's like the, the Leaf runs, you know, in 93 and 94, that was everything you have. You know, that was uh, – and Jamie McCown lives right there in uh, Calgary. When, when Felix Potvin allowed the double overtime winning goal in Game 5 against Vancouver in the third round of 94, I remember Jamie standing over Felix at the crease long after the attendants came out to push the net away and long after all the fireworks were going on. Every ounce of their being had been left on the ice, uh, and that was the Wendell, Dougie Gilmore. You know, the character ran so deep on that uh, two-year run for Toronto. That's what will make the Leaf fans happy when they see that. Uh, anything that's, uh, as Kelly likes to call it, too cool for school uh, will be unacceptable. Ron McLean, host on Hockey Night Canada and Sportsnet. Um, Ron, enjoy the grind. That is the next couple yeah. of months we'll be watching. Thanks for this. Yeah, pleasure, George, Matt. Take it easy. There he is, Ron McLean, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. All right, Matty, lots to, lots Yo, to discuss straight ahead. That was a great chat. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, because he's a pro. Yeah, he's a pro's pro. That's what he he's is. He's like the pro. Yeah, no, yeah, of course. Everyone grew up with Ron McLean, mm. so it's how, it, it's how it works. Um, Lou's going to join us straight ahead. Want to ask about the Lindholm situation. Want to uh-huh. talk about Backlund with uh-huh. him. Get his thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Uh, we're still giving away tickets, which is super fun, Um, to the uh, outdoor, Great Outdoors Comedy Festival, which goes down at Prince's Island Park on Friday, August 25th. Give us your bold Stanley Cup playoff prediction and the why. You get bold, you get funny with it. Chances are you win some tickets. We'll do that at 830 with Taxi McTexterson. I'll tell you why the Oakland Coliseum continues to be just an absolute awful, awful ballpark. Uh, we got lots to do. Uh, it's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, the fan.